Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This episode of the Power Ranking Show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your basketball info, news, stats, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA playoffs. Bet Online is your sports intel headquarters this season as they have you covered for all of your insider sports wagering needs from basketball to MLB, NHL, golf, UFC, and boxing the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your home. Get in on the action today. So head to the website and use your mobile device to use our promo code believe to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts. All right, guys, it's the power rankings podcast, AKA the power ranking show. You just heard the beautiful voice of at Marcus underscore Mosher. Hello, sir. Um, just so you guys all know, two things. One, Marcus loves to argue, and he'll ask me an innocent question about sports or politics or whatever. And me being like, you know, I try to look at the both sides of everything. I'll go look up, you know, what he asked me to look up, one of his conspiracy theories or mm-hmm. something. And then I end up in a deep hole. You know, which happened to me yesterday. And I went down this deep rabbit hole to find out if what he was worried about was true. And then I end up with Ryan Reynolds not wanting the striker for the soccer team he owns to take his shirt off in front of his wife. And I was like, okay, I think it's my time to bail on this whole. I don't know how that's where I ended up. So I lost like an hour and a half of my day yesterday with Marcus Mosher nonsense. Um, Won't be the last Second thing is, what's that? Won't Won't be the the last time time you have to do that. Second time, or second thing is, um, we didn't discuss what we were going to talk about for this podcast. I just came up with something that I thought was kind of interesting. And it's something we really don't ever dive into on our podcast. We'll mention it in passing, but we're just not this kind of podcast. We're not this kind of football podcast. But if you guys know, know Marcus, his, or, or you know me, okay, so my favorite things are I love talking defense, I love talking NFL history, and I really love talking uh, NFL theory in, in general, team building, changing states of the game. Mar- Marcus loves that topic too, I should say. But in his top three, I would say are draft one, analytics two, and this topic three, and we don't ever discuss it. Hardly. What do you think we're going to discuss? Are you talking <laughs> trades? No. Oh, oh, my gosh. You host a whole podcast on this oh, topic. Cowboys. Fantasy. No. <laughs> he still gets it wrong. Fantasy football. We never oh, do yes. fantasy on this show. We've. I don't think have we ever had a fantasy podcast. No, I don't think so. This is going to be our first because I was thinking about as, you know, we're getting – into close to the summer here and people are starting to think about their fantasy leagues and their fantasy drafts. And there are some leagues that draft earlier than others. And I started thinking about like, who are five real value buys in fantasy? And then I thought, well, who are five stayaways in fantasy too? So I have, I made a list of both. So 
obviously you have no idea who any of these are, but you had this funny look on your face. Like, are we really going to well, talk to no, no, it's funny because I've been doing these drafts uh, on my phone the last couple of weeks and I actually have a fantasy draft tomorrow that I have to go to. So this is actually, this is perfect. So you may not agree with any of these. Now, guys, I am not an experienced super, well, I shouldn't say I'm not an experienced fantasy player. I was on a major fantasy football show for, I think I was on fantasy live for seven years, something like that. Um, but fantasy football is not my first love. So, um, but I know it, I obviously, I know it and Marcus loves it. So if you guys don't know, we never talk about it. I never promote it, but Marcus is on, um, a locked on dynasty mm-hmm. podcast. He's on what? Twice a week, right? What Two, days are you times on that? a week? Yep. What days are you on there? Uh, always Monday and Fridays and then every other Thursday. Okay. And that was actually your idea. Mm-hmm. I think that show, right? So mm-hmm. uh, if you like fantasy dynasty is kind of cool for those of y'all that aren't super into fantasy uh, dynasty is where you actually keep the players that you draft. Now, Dynasty leagues have different rules. You know, some of them only you only draft the actual guys that are going to be drafted in Mm -hmm. the college draft. I think other leagues, your draft includes free agents that are sitting out there essentially on the waiver wire. I don't know how you guys handle that on the show with the different all the different kinds. Try to cover it all. Uh, Actually, the draft that I'm going to tomorrow is a Debbie draft, which is really the weeds. This means you're drafting college players now who could eventually be on your fantasy teams two, three, four years down the road. So if you want to get wow. like D and D here, that's yeah. Now what I've always thought is interesting is it, you know, because I've never been a huge fantasy guy in terms of just, I don't get excited about it. Like other people do. Um, I do like the idea. First of all, the most fun I've ever had in fantasy was the first time I did an auction draft. I think mm-hmm. that's the coolest thing. The problem with an auction draft is you really need to set aside two and a half hours. It's not a 55 minute exercise like your standard. Yeah, and you want to have everybody in person, right? Like it's so much fun when you have, you know, all 12 league members in the same room doing the draft because that's when things get wild. You know, you're smiling right now. I think you're enjoying this, but I think you're privately shocked that I volunteered. I am. For this us is. To have a, I, I can't believe we're talking fantasy football on May 18th, but this is so much fun. So um, now, if you combine the aspects of a dynasty draft with an auction draft, I think that's about as close as you're going to get to being a real GM because you're having to obviously with the dynasty, you're keeping your players. But with an auction draft, you're having to budget just like someone would be a salary cap. Now, it's been a while since I've done one, but it used to be the standard was 250 bucks. Yeah, that's what you had to play with. And so the first time I ever did one, Arian Foster was your it was either Arian Foster or Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. People drafted Aaron Rodgers first because he actually used to run for a few touchdowns on top of his ridiculous passing numbers. Yep. So if you're getting three or four rushing scores on top of passing, or it was Arian Foster because everyone thought he was going to lead the league in rushing. And you were paying 64 bucks and up, I would say, mm-hmm. out of your 250 And I learned a lot doing those drafts, and I won't deep dive too much. But I think in an, in an auction draft, your best strategy is get two stars and then have a strong roster. If you just have a strong roster, but you don't have any absolute stars, you're not going to win the league, yep. you know. I think my first auction draft was 2005. And I remember because our cap was $200 and the Danian Tomlinson went for $115. So, and I mean, honestly, it was kind of worth it. You have the Danian Tomlinson. He was like a cheat code. So 
Uh, auction drafts are great because w- what's so cool about them is if you do just a regular snake draft, for the most part, the first and second round is going to look pretty much the same, right? Like the same players mm-hmm. are going to be kind of slotted in. Yeah. Yeah. You could do an auction draft 10 times and the, the same guy would go for a different price every single time, just depending on when he was nominated, who was bidding against who, where was another team's team needs at. It's why I love it so much. Yeah, again, if you haven't done an auction draft, when you go in, quote, order, what you're doing is nominating a player. You're putting a player out there on eBay, so to speak, to see what somebody's going to bid. And a lot of times you'll throw a player out there that you're not interested in. You just want to drive people to, oh, gosh, I got to get him now. And there's always somebody left. I remember when Victor Cruz was super productive. He ended up going for like 12 bucks, which was a steal. Mm. He should have gone for 30-something dollars. But because all the receivers were off the board, somebody waited to throw them out at the very end and hardly anyone had any money left. So it was just down to two people to bid and he yep. went for 12 bucks. It's fantastic. Um, so yeah, much fun. It, right. So um, uh, there was one other thing that I wanted to say about this dog on it and I, I lost my train of thought, but uh, auction drafts are fun. Dynasty drafts are really unique. Catch Marcus's podcast. Well, it's not your podcast, but uh, the is it is it called Locked On yeah, Dynasty? Locked On Dynasty Football with Matt Williams and Ryan McDowell and Kate Magic. It's a lot of fun. Okay, so that's pretty cool. Um, so fantasy again, not my uh, biggest thing of all time, but I thought about five bargain buys and five guys you stay away from. Yeah. So I'm going to roll these guys out here. I'm not going to spend a lot of time. I want I really want your reaction to these. I'll just give you a brief reason. Okay. Uh, so I'll start with. Uh, since we've been so negative the last two weeks, I'm going to start with the positive Perry stuff. Uh, number five is a guy we actually mentioned on our podcast yesterday. Albeit very briefly, I wanted you to know if he would make your top 100 players. I've got Amari Cooper, number five. Now, Amari Cooper had over 1,100 yards and he had nine touchdowns. I would not expect to get more than nine touchdowns this year. Nine touchdowns is an excellent year from a wide receiver, and touchdowns mm-hmm. are such a you can't bank on them, you know? The year Calvin Johnson had 1,900 yards, he had, I think, five touchdowns. Uh, Julio Jones was notorious for having some huge yardage and catch years with not a lot of touchdowns. But if you're in a four-point PPR, which I can't stand, I hate PPR, but most leagues play it, I think Amari Cooper is going to catch a lot more balls than he did last year. I think he could catch as many as 30 more balls than he did last year. Um, He caught in the 70s last year. I could see him catching 100 balls, I, I think Deshaun Watson plays better. Uh, what do you think of that? I really like it. Last year, there was so much going around with the Browns, right? It was Mark Cooper's first year there. Deshaun Watson really didn't do a lot in training camp and even the preseason. They had Jacoby Brissett for the first what, 11 games of the season. Then there was quarterback change. I think everything is just way more stable right now for Amari Cooper and Right now in drafts, you can get him in the fourth or fifth round, and Jeez. I think that's a big value. Jump all over that, man. Yeah. Especially, yeah, you're talking about if you're, most people seem to play 12-team leagues now, at least that I know. Yeah. You're talking about fourth-round pick or the back end of the fourth round. You're talking like 46. Yes. You know, for Amari Cooper, take it all day. Um, okay, number four, I've got the Dolphins fantasy defense. Uh, you have to think defense. This is the one thing I used to drive home on Fantasy Live. I pitched our producers. I go, let me just do a fantasy defense television segment on Sundays because so many people stream defenses and they're panicking. They didn't remember that their Ravens defense was on a buy that week. Do you remember that panic when you're I like, do. oh crap, because you always look at your defense last. It's at the bottom of your, you know, on your platform. It's mm-hmm. at the bottom. 
And you just, it's the easiest thing to remember. We always know when Travis Kelsey is on a bye and we have yeah. him. We prepare for that. Fantasy defense is the most overlooked thing in fantasy. Dolphins defense has Vic Fangio running that uh, unit. They got David Long from the Titans. They got Jalen Ramsey this year. I don't know how you feel about Bradley Chubb at this point in his career, but they have him now as well. They've got a couple top picks on the defensive line as in first round picks. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I like to draft defenses that have a strong start to the season, right? That basically, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to be playing some bad offenses and that's kind of the case for Miami. They start with the chargers. That'll be more difficult, but then they play the Patriots and Broncos in back-to-back weeks. I don't think anybody's mm-hmm. expecting those offenses to be very good. And you mentioned it. They're loaded with talent. They're always awesome at the beginning of the season because of the weather. I, I think this is a good call. And by the way, let's take week one. I think week one is the least important week in fantasy. And you can't pay too much attention to it because week one is always wonky. So if you're like, oh, I've got the Dolphins defense, but I better go get one to stream. You never know. Atlanta could come out and score 52 points in week one and then lose their next eight games. Like it's that's just, just with, the way it goes. With the Patriots and Broncos being your week two and week three games, I like that quite a bit. And then again, after they play the Bills in week four, it's the Giants and Panthers. Like think you'll be okay get to a fast start in your season and somewhere in there you can still I used to carry two defenses on my roster people would be like why are you doing that I would carry one and then I would pick up one that I saw had three great weeks coming you know take them on the waiver wire uh okay uh my third guy is James Cook Buffalo Bills now we talked Mm -hmm. about James Cook a few weeks ago I think people are a little scared about him because he didn't have a big year last year and they signed Damian Harris and they've got Latavius Murray Latavius Murray at this point, he's had a great career. He has certainly gone way past what I thought he would late in his career. But at some point, Marcus, he's got to hit the wall. I mean, he's been in the league. This is like year 10. He's got a lot of carries. And Damian Harris has a lot more of a workload in his career than James Cook. James Cook was a rookie last year. This is a 22-year-old. He's very explosive. And I think Sean McDermott would like to do two things. One, reduce the amount of turnovers from his quarterback. And two not have his quarterback be the primary running option anymore. Devin Singletary is no longer there. I think you can get Cook on the cheap. Yeah, so I'm looking right now at underdog fantasy in his ranking. He's being drafted like in the ninth round. Oh, come on. That's way too cheap. Last seven games of the season, he averaged 6.04 yards per carry. Like, come on. Unbelievable. And the only competition is Damian Harris for touches, and he's just so much better. He's healthy. Uh, I expect him, you know, we saw him last year have 89 carries. I would be shocked if he doesn't double that total this year. I I will. My only concern with him, and why I don't, like I'm not geeking out over him, is they still have Naheem Hines on the team that can catch third down balls. And I do think Harris is a more physical back that they might use inside the five. But at some point, you can't have Josh Allen being your thumper anymore. Yeah. Or you're going to have what happened to Cam Newton following his MVP season. So you've got to protect your quarterback. And Cam Newton still played pretty good football, but he got banged up a lot. All right, my number two is the – I got one more fantasy defense here uh, because no one ever talks about it. The Lions fantasy defense. It's really easy to go, oh, come on, the Lions aren't going to do anything. Uh, There's a reason why they took the pass rusher they did so high in last year's draft. I talked to Chad Ryder. He thought he was the best prospect, most surefire prospect in the 2022 draft. He played pretty well as a rookie. Talk about Hutchinson. Also, uh, they greatly improved their secondary. So if you've got a pretty decent front already, and now your secondary can hold the fort longer, 
they uh, drafted the safety from Alabama. You like so much. Brian they picked Bridge. up Cam yep. Sutton mm-hmm. in uh, free agency. I don't think these guys are going to be uh, pushovers anymore. I think they might be able to uh, create more takeaways and sacks, which give you fantasy points. So here's my only concern about that. Typically, when you sign that many new players and you draft that mm-hmm. many new players, it takes some time for them to kind of get into a rhythm. Mm-hmm. And I won't be surprised if they're just significantly better by the second half of the season, right? Maybe so. I also worry a little bit about the schedule. Like when you draft the defense, you want them to come off to a hot start. Mm-hmm. They play at Kansas City in week one, and then they play Seattle in week two. I just wonder, like, are those are, are they unusable the first two weeks of the season? I don't know, but I, I agree with all the, the, the assessment of this team. I think they're going to be really good on defense at some point. Let's not forget they drafted an off-the-ball linebacker with their second pick in the first round who a lot of people, including yourself, said this may be the most ready-to-play right now He's defensive awesome player. player in the first round because running back and linebacker, although they're not as important, those guys tend to play really well as rookies. Uh, we're talking about more of the middle linebacker type that type of guy or a weak side backer. That's we're not talking about the pass rush guys here. Um, One more thought on this in fantasy. You do obviously get points for holding opponents to, you know, uh, fewer points. It's a bracketed system. Mm -hmm. I'm not basing this on the lions being in the top half of the league and points per game allowed. I'm basing this on creating takeaways and getting sacks. I think they're still going to have some trouble stopping teams. Uh, Now Miami I think they're going to be good at both, but I think people are going to be on to Miami. That's why I have Miami only at four and I have Detroit at two. Okay. Uh, number one is Justin Fields. Um, now I know Justin Fields is still going to be taken pretty high, Yeah. but here's my thought on him. He's going to be a better passer this year. I saw signs of improvement last year, but the other thing is I think the bears defense is going to be a lot better. Why does that matter? Because I think the bears are going to run the ball more. And they've got a quarterback with great running talent. I could see Justin Fields having a huge year running the ball, getting rushing touchdowns, and being a more efficient passer, which makes him maybe one round more valuable than you think he is. I agree. Fields is going to be absolutely awesome for fantasy this year because he was last year. Like I think he Mm -hmm. finished as a top five quarterback last year in fantasy, despite averaging like 13 completions a game. Right. And now you've added all these weapons. You've improved the offensive line. Justin Fields is going into year three. I, 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 it would be almost impossible with his rushing ability for him to finish outside of the top five quarterbacks. But he's kind of being drafted there right now. He's being drafted from quarterback five, quarterback six. But I've got no doubt he is going to be a superstar in your fantasy leagues. what round do you think he's going in right now? So in the draft that I just did, he was going in the middle of round four. Yeah, see, I'm – I'm thinking top of the round three, man. Okay. That's where I'm thinking you need to take him. So um, just just to put that in context really quickly, yeah. we've got Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and Josh Allen all going in rounds two. In round four is Joe Burrow, and then later in the round is typically Justin Fields. But if you want to put him I, over Joe Burrow, like in that I next would. year, I, I'm fine with it. I would. Okay. Uh, now here's the guys that I'm a little hesitant on. Okay. And one of them is a guy you're really high on. I'll explain myself. We're t- again, we're talking fantasy, yep. not their skill set. Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk had a lot of touchdowns last year. He had nine, I believe. He had a really good year, very productive. My concern is 
when you're playing Trey Lance at quarterback the whole year, you're probably going to be running the ball a lot more. Number one, you have to defend Trey Lance running. Number two, because you have to defend Trey Lance running, it makes the running backs more uh, uh, productive. Number three, Christian McCaffrey wasn't there the whole year last year. He was there about half the year, maybe a hair more. So you're going to have multiple backs. If Debo's healthy and Kittle's healthy, I just don't think there's going to be enough balls to go around. They still throw the ball to use check too. So I I think for Iuke, even if the yards and catches are close, it might only be five touchdowns or whatever. I just have a feeling people were so high on the way he played that he's going to end up going around higher or two than he should. I've seen him go in the fourth round. I think that's a little high, especially when you can get yeah. somebody like Amari Cooper, who is the bona fide number one in Cleveland. Uh, but if you're getting him in rounds five or six to be like your number three receiver, I, I think that makes sense. But I, he is somebody that I I don't want to overdraft because the upside's just not there. There's just not enough targets to go around in that offense. Again, touchdowns are fickle. Yes. When you have a receiver that got nine touchdowns, you can't bank on them getting more than that. So you look at the catches and the yards. In Amari Cooper's case, I see the catches going up. In right. most leagues, whether I like it or not, play PPR now. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. Uh, my number four is a guy that we did talk about. We talked about him on our kind of, dis- not disappointing players, but off-season moves that we weren't super gung-ho. Remember we did that short on mm-hmm. five guys. This is one of them. I don't not like the move. I even like the offense he's going to be playing in now. I just don't think his numbers are going to be what other people think. It's Odell Beckham Jr. I see Odell Beckham Jr. having like 789, four or five touchdowns. Yep. That That's, yes, they're going to spread it out more. It's not Greg Roman, who you pointed out, running that offense anymore. Mm-hmm. But when you spread it out, that means there's more options there. You, I know Lamar Jackson may try to protect himself a little bit. The guy's still going to run for 800 yards <laughs> and eight touchdowns. There's no doubt. I still think they're... I still think they're going to run the ball. And this is a pretty good football team. Even if you're not super high on the Ravens, is 10 wins out of the question for the Ravens? No. no. Which means there's going to be games that they're trying to close out that they're not going to be, you know, you're not going to get the Carson Palmer, Dwayne Bow Memorial fantasy points. That's what I always would call it. The garbage, you know, the uh, at the Murray. end of the game. So yeah. <laughs> say my furry. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what do you think about my stat line for Odell Beckham? Am I too low? No, I, I actually was thinking that he could potentially get like 900 yards and six touchdowns, but you have no <laughs> confidence at at all starting him because one week he might get 11 catches or 11 targets, eight catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. And the next week it's three for 27, right? Just if Baltimore is able to run the ball, I, I think he's going to be one of these guys that his year long fantasy total is really nice but there's just no week to week consistency at all. So I, I'm, I'm again, this is another one I buy into my, my, the good thing with him is he took a year off. Uh, we, we, I just saw a story, Michael Gallup saying he was thinking about his knee too much last year. Cause Michael Gallup injured his mm-hmm. knee late in the year against like the Cardinals or something. And then, then yep. and then played almost the whole year last year. Uh, but this is year 10 for Odell Beckham jr. Okay. Uh, number three, Jared Goff. Um, I like Jared Goff a lot, but there's two problems here. Number one, Jared Goff was lights out at home last year. He threw like 25 touchdowns at yeah. home. It was a big year. I don't know that the Lions are going to need him. I don't know how many track meets like they had against Seattle that they're going to be getting into. I think Dan Campbell actually 
is looking forward to his defense doing a little bit more so that he can utilize his run game. They got David Montgomery to kind of pound the ball. I just see maybe four or five less dropbacks for Jared Goff this year, even if his productivity is consistent with last year. And they're playing a tougher schedule. They're playing uh, because they had a winning season. Uh, The other thing is he's already at a disadvantage because he doesn't give you any rushing production. And because he doesn't get a ton of passing touchdowns, there's just not a very high ceiling there. We should also mention no team ran the ball inside the five-yard line more than Detroit last year. I got to assume with David Montgomery coming over, they're going to want to pound the ball when they get close to the end zone. So I think 25, 26 touchdowns with, you know, 3,800 yards is very likely, but that's probably not going to be enough for you to start him in your one quarterback leagues. Didn't they draft a running back? Yeah. Jamar Gibbs. Yeah. So there you go. You know, uh, I, I just worries me. I hate saying that one because I do think Jared is a good player. Cor- yeah. Uh, corner. Okay. Uh, number two, Tony Pollard. I like Tony Pollard a lot, man. Um, I love the way he plays. He's explosive. And I think everyone's excited about Tony Pollard because he's the bell cow back now. Well, there's a lot of things that come with being a bell cow back. You know, everyone wanted to run Ezekiel Elliott out of town. That's fine. Guess who did all the dirty work for the Cowboys? Ezekiel Elliott. Now you're not getting to run the ball on second and two. Now you're running the ball on third and a foot when everyone knows you're getting the ball. Now, whether or not Tony Pollard could get the first down is not the question. I'm talking about the kind of hits and pounding that you take. He's coming off a pretty significant injury. It wasn't like an ACL tear or something like that. It was it was an ankle, wasn't it? High yeah. ankle? Yeah, it was a um, broken bone in his ankle. Yep. Broken bone in his ankle, but that game was in late January, guys. Mm-hmm. You know, so... And gals. Uh, and so with Tony Pollard, I just worry about you taking him in your top five of your fantasy league. I don't even know that I would take Tony Pollard in the first round, Marcus, but I think he's going in the first round. Yeah, he's going late first round, early second round right now. And I understand it, right? Because even if the, the efficiency drops, which it will, he averaged 5.2 yards per carry last year. That's, he's just not going to be able to continue that. But the touches should go way up. 232 touches last sure. year, almost 1,400 yards. I've got to assume that he's going to you know, kind of creep closer to 275. And if he's getting that much work, it's almost going to be impossible for him not to be productive. But I do share some of the concerns about the efficiency dropping. The how about just staying on the field? You know, the other thing is like he had a a really great uh, circle route against, uh, excuse me, wheel route against Minnesota. It was a great throw by Dak, uh, right on the money. One of Dak's best throws of the year in that blowout. Dak Prescott. (laughs) Well, they even the blowout in there. Like ah, it was already over at that point. Go ahead. uh, (laughs) I am giving it. Oh my gosh. Uh, But I think Kellen Moore deserves a little bit of credit for those kind of plays. Are we going to see those kind of plays? And again, guys, it's really different. And gals, it's really different running the ball on second and four than it is on third and one. And so we'll see how they use him. Again, this is one of those deals like Justin Fields. I said, draft him one round ahead of where you think. I'm saying draft Tony Pollard one round back of what you think. So I'm thinking he's a back end of the second round pick. You get him there. uh, It's a fantastic value. Yes. To me. Yeah. Uh, pick 19, you know, uh, uh, you know, something like that. Okay. Number one, Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Aaron Rodgers has lost it. It's not about that. It's more about that. I don't see the jets 
wanting Aaron Rodgers to be a 5,000 yard passer with 40 touchdowns. I think the Jets, Brees Hall's coming back. I think Robert Sala is going to want to play good defense. He has a good young defensive nucleus. They don't want to win games 37 31. They want to win games 24 20, 24 17. I think they're going to be looking for a balanced attack. The Jets' weapons are pretty decent, but do they blow your socks off outside of Brees no. Hall? I, I I can't say that. Um, I, and then there's the age question with Aaron Rodgers. So uh, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be bad. I just think he might be better in a football sense yes. than he is in a fantasy sense. And remember that fantasy points are based off of volume and touchdowns. And as great as Aaron Rodgers has been over the course of his career, he hasn't had a 300 yard passing game in his last 22 starts kind of kind of shocking and if you look at the end of last year he didn't have a 250 yard passing game in his last 12 starts and with you mentioning the Jets defense we think they're going to want to run the ball and he gives you no rushing production I I think it's fair to just assume he's not going to be a top 12 quarterback in fantasy because he hasn't been one in the last three years. I don't think now that he's getting older, all of a sudden it's going to get better. Kirk Cousins has outscored him in each of the last three seasons. I expect that to be the same. Yeah, and again, for those of you that that aren't big fantasy players, you know, just to explain a little bit, I know a lot of you are like, yeah, Elliot, I get it. But, you know, you can have a great season and not have a great fantasy season. Mm-hmm. You, you could be a highly efficient quarterback that throws – 17 touchdowns and three interceptions with a 68, 69 completion percentage, eight and a half yards per attempt. That's a great year. We That's call a that great the Alex year. Smith. Yeah. It's, you're going to have 110 passer rating, probably lead mm-hmm. the league, or you're going to be doggone close to it. But that just doesn't, if you don't have the gross yardage, then you need the touchdowns. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the gross yardage and the touchdowns, then you need rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers at this point, might give you one rushing touchdown. Okay, maybe two if you're lucky this year. Mm-hmm. He's going to give you how many rushing yards is Aaron Rodgers going to give you? 125? In his last 21 games, he has 119. Okay. How many rushing touchdowns did he have last year? One. One. Okay. You need that quarterback. If he's not a big yardage and touchdowns guy, so let's say your quarterback throws for uh, 3,900 yards and – 26 touchdowns that's that's a good year mm-hmm. but if they don't rush for any touchdowns and they run for 84 yards there are a lot of quarterbacks they're going to outscore well and just to put this in perspective if you if a quarterback runs for 40 yards and scores a touchdown that is the same amount of fantasy points as a quarterback throwing for 150 yards and throwing one touchdown right yeah. so we could see justin fields have one scramble get 35 yards and that's worth and score. You know, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, just even if you just do it like a 35 yard rush is worth the equivalent of like 90 passing yards. That's why the rushing matters so much. And with Aaron Rodgers not having the passing volume and the rushing production, it's awfully hard for him to be fantasy relevant. Yeah. So standard scoring uh, for a quarterback, 25 yards, you get a point. Okay. Mm-hmm. So quarterback has a 300 yard day. Uh, you know, that that's a that's a great thing for you because you're getting 12 points, but they still need touchdowns. Yeah. A 300-yard day with one passing touchdown, which might be a decent day, is only 16 fantasy points in standard yeah. scoring. Let's say he doesn't throw any interceptions, uh, but he fumbles on a strip sack. 
that's a minus two. Now you're looking at 14 points. You get 14 points from your quarterback spot, you're losing in fantasy. Yeah. Although I will say last year was not a good year for quarterbacks no. uh, statistically. Let's do that conversely with, um, you know, let's take a Justin Fields game where he only throws for 165, a touchdown and a pick. Well, you're getting yeah. about six and a half from his passing yards. Okay. You're getting four points for the passing touchdown. Okay. That's 10 and a half. Mm-hmm. The interception takes you down two, so now you're you're only at eight and a half points. But here's the deal: if Justin Fields runs for eighty yards, you're already at sixteen and a half. You've already beaten our other quarterback. If you well, throw a touchdown on top of that, he gets six. Yeah. Quarterbacks get six if they rush for a touchdown. They only get four if they throw for one. It's a big difference. Well, and just to mention the you you mentioned eighty yards as a cutoff, right? Mm-hmm. Justin Fields did that eight times last year. He ran for yeah. 80 or more yards, right? Yeah. It, it, take his best game. He had a game where he had 178 rushing yards and two touchdowns. I mean, you're talking right there like 30 points just based off rushing yards alone. So that's why it's yes. so valuable and why it's so hard for those pocket passers only to be fantasy relevant. Yes. 80 yards is eight points. You got to throw yeah. for 200 yards as a quarterback. Yeah. to equal that. Okay. The other thing is because a guy like a Justin Fields or a Lamar Jackson, or these guys that run are spending more attempts running. They're spending less attempts throwing the ball. Also, because they're so effective as runners, they make their running backs more effective, which usually those teams run the ball a lot. The Ravens have run the ball a lot over mm-hmm. the last few years. That means less overall pass attempts, which means less opportunity for interceptions. So even if one of these quarterbacks has a moderately high interception percentage, which is just what percentage of your attempts are you throwing interceptions? There's just not enough gross volume for them to throw a lot of picks. No. So you have less minus twos. It's it's really that simple. Uh, that's a long walk on Aaron Rodgers, but just for those of y'all that don't play a lot of fantasy or if you're trying to strategize, how do I want to look at the quarterback position? I would highly advise waiting on the quarterback position in terms of your, I don't, I would never pick a quarterback in the first two rounds no. of fantasy. Personally, if I can get Justin Fields in round three, I'm doing it. It's, it's hard to disagree because even again, last year, Justin Fields threw for 2,200 yards and 17 touchdowns and was still more valuable than every other quarterback in fantasy other than Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. I mean, guys, so, and gals, I keep saying, <laughs> if you throw for 2,200 yards and 17 touchdowns, that is about the equivalent of what a quarterback in 1972 was doing. Mm-hmm. A starting quarterback was throwing for about, actually, a lot of them threw for more yards than that. Some of them threw less touchdowns than that. Right. But that's about a 1972 quarterback's numbers passing. Yet, what did you just say? Justin Fields was what third in fantasy third, points? Third last in year? fantasy points last That's year. That's what I'm saying. And if he's going, if you had the third ranked quarterback in standard scoring going in the fourth round, that is too low. It's too low. That's why he's a bargain. And I would jump all over that. Is this helping you prepare for your fantasy draft at all? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, especially if you haven't been drafting at all and you're you're just kind of starting to to look at maybe a draft magazine. That's coming out here in a couple of weeks or so that has some good articles in it. Yeah, I think so. You talking about uh, Bob Harris's draft magazine? Yeah, you should check it out. Fantasy Diaries. Uh, yeah, you got to check out Bob on Twitter. Great guy. Yeah. Uh, love Bob. Um, 
want to ask you a strategy question since we're sure. talking fantasy. I love fantasy events. I strongly believe in by round 12, you better be looking at your fantasy defense. Most people do defense and kicker last. Some people don't even draft a defense. Uh, to me, I want a stalwart defense that I can play 12 weeks of the season. Then I'll go pick up my kind of rotating defense because I like getting a clear advantage over people. Um, where would you draft the Dolphins defense? Fairly high because I do think they're going to be awesome. But this is my public service announcement every year. Get rid of your defense in your fantasy league and switch over to IDP. Now, you don't have to go full IDP. Just pick do one linebacker, one defensive back, and one oh, edge boy. rusher because All it's right. really fun, right? It's it's just as easy as doing a fantasy defense, but now you get to root for a single player. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I, I don't even know the last league that I have that has team defenses, but I'm telling you, you're going to have so much more fun if you just play a couple individual defensive players in your lineup. I got to cut you off here. Because That's fun. You can play because, Michael Parsons. No, and you, no. can, you, you know what it really does? If you are a football fan, like a, not just a fantasy fan, but a football fan, it does help you like learn the defensive players a little bit more and which guys are on the field a lot and which guys make a bunch of tackles from the safety position. It does it does help you learn a lot more about the game. This is where sports fans crack me up because sports fans, oh, fantasy's so cool. I'm not one of those gamer nerds. Well, we are I mean, absolutely nerds. I mean, literally, you could have advocated – and I wouldn't, it wouldn't have felt any different for me. You said, look, go to a gaming store, buy some graph paper, okay? Buy the monster manual and put some giant spiders in your dungeon. And yeah. let me tell you, the hit points required. I mean, you literally could have, and I would have been like, yeah, you know, buy a jar of dice. Yeah, I thought you would yeah. like this. This is, this is a good way to like give like a defensive tackle, give him yeah. some attention and love. Because all we ever talk about is quarterbacks and receivers. Doing IDP gives those guys just a little bit more attention that they deserve. Okay, so let's. Um, so my five guys. You're just out you, on that. I love that. I'm out. You're just yeah. out. <laughs> my five guys. Look, I. You know, I'm the one that brought this up, but I also have to be the one that reigns it in here. That's fine. That's uh, fine. The five bargains ahead: Amari Cooper, Dolphins fantasy defense; James Cook, Lions fantasy defense; and Justin Fields. Of those five, what do you like the most in terms of a bargain for our listeners to really oh, go ahead? James Cook, right? Because if James yeah. Cook gets seven or eight touchdowns and. The Bills, again, is it conservative for me to say like 14 touches a game? Because I feel like that's no. a very easy number, right? Yeah. If he gets 14 touches a game and he's averaging, you know, five yards a touch, which again is very conservative, you're looking at 1,200 yards. And that's an and RB2. He's going in the ninth round. Yes, that's an RB2 that you're getting in the ninth round. Yes, most fantasy leagues play an RB1 and an RB2 and a flex. Yes. So your flex is a spot where you can fill that with a receiver or running back. Some leagues will allow you to fill it with a tight end. I don't think other leagues will. But sometimes you really need that flex spot to be one of your running backs because you've got two wide receivers on a bye in the same week. Okay, well, the other thing is just more consistent in the amount of touches that you're going to get. So if you're in a sure. PPR league, right, like – you know a running back's probably going to get two to three catches. You know he's going to get 11 to 12 carries. It gives you at least a base of points. Yeah, I'm worried I'm worried about the catches a little bit with him. But I'll say this, you know, most teams play just an RB1. They don't play a fullback unless you're the Niners or a couple other teams. Yeah. And even the Niners aren't playing use check on every down, okay? Mm -hmm. um, in fantasy, you play two running backs, and that's why – 
fantasy running backs have the same bloated import to fantasy football that quarterbacks have a bloated import to real football. Okay. My five disappointing players, Brandon Ayuk of the 40, not disappointing, but someone's going to draft them higher than you should. Uh, Brandon Ayuk of the 49ers, Odell Beckham Jr. of the Ravens, Jared Goff of the Lions, Tony Pollard of the Cowboys, Aaron Rodgers of the Jets. Which one of those are you the most fearful about? Or you think there's no way I'm going to be able to draft him. Someone's going to take him too high. Well, for one, I'm never going to have Aaron Rodgers on my fantasy team. because Okay, besides that. But also, I don't want Aaron Rodgers because there's just not a lot of upside, right? If I ha- When I draft my quarterback, I want to have him to have the potential to be the highest scoring quarterback in any single week in fantasy. Aaron Rodgers just doesn't have that potential because of the rushing deficiency. There's just, I'm just not drafting him. I'm going to take a chance on Daniel Jones, who has a way mm. higher ceiling than Aaron Rodgers. That's a really interesting one. Uh, Daniel Jones, uh, excellent runner. Um, the passing improved last year. Maybe it'll improve in the second year with uh, Brian Dayball. I, I, where, I mean, where are you getting Daniel Jones in a fantasy draft right now? And aren't you drafting him really to be your backup? Yeah, but I, I'd rather, I'd rather draft him even at the same spot over Aaron Rodgers, just because of the rushing potential that Daniel Jones has. What's the ADP that you're saying with the site that you were just uh, underdog at fantasy, yeah, underdog fantasy. Yeah. Daniel Jones, 12th round. Uh, I'll pull it up real quick here. This is the magic of podcasting. I can do it. Really Not 12th fast. round. I'm going to go 10th or 11th. I think 12th. I'm too low, but I'm always thinking 12 team. Are they doing 10 team yeah, it, league? It, Cause that makes a, 12, a difference. This is a 12 team league. Okay. Okay. Uh, wow. Wow. 16th round right now. That's too low for Daniel Jones, who showed that much improvement in that offense. Um, with his, I mean, am I wrong? That is too no, low. I, it's too low, especially when Aaron Rodgers is going six rounds ahead of that. No, thank you. Wow. Okay. Uh, that's really so. When they do ADP now, is it, it used to always be based on ten team leagues? Is it yeah, kind I of a consideration that more people are playing twelve team leagues now, and yes. that's why they changed it? Yes. Um, also, some some leagues changed their fantasy playoffs, didn't they, with the seventeen game schedule? Yeah, yeah most. It used to be weeks doing... fourteen to sixteen. Now it's fifteen to seventeen, right? Correct. Yes, um, and I, I've also seen now in standard leagues, quote unquote standard leagues, because there are so many quarterbacks, you're seeing a lot of these leagues go to super flex or two quarterbacks, where you could sure. either start a quarterback in the flex or you have to start two quarterbacks every weekend. You want to talk about? A lot of fun. Try a two quarterback league. Yeah. So uh, last thing for me on this, a little piece of a fantasy advice. If you think you have a pretty good team and that you're going to be a playoff team, a great tiebreaker for some of these guys, we'll just use a deep, we'll use the Dolphins fantasy defense. Sure. Okay. Cause we're already talking about it. So you're debating, okay, I'm at that point in my draft where I want to get a good defense. Look at weeks 15 through 17. Hmm. If the Dolphins are playing the Panthers, Falcons and Bucks in back-to-back weeks, Take them because you're going to need that in your fantasy playoffs. It's a great tiebreaker. That's my uh, that's my last word on the podcast. Always look at the playoff schedule. Go, go. My last thing for fantasy is bet on upside, right? They don't give out awards for coming in second or third or ninth or 12th, but you get that trophy, right? Like I've got one behind me. You want to try to to build the most unstoppable team. And if it doesn't work and you fail and you end up being 10th out of 12, who cares? But shoot for upside, shoot with guys or try to draft guys that have the highest ceiling 
because ultimately that's what's going to help you win a championship. Well, that's, a, that's a good final word. Remember, I always say he's a host of Locked on Cowboys, but if you like the fantasy talk, and we, we never do this, so we just thought it'd be fun to do one, especially surprise Marcus with it. But uh, catch Locked on Dynasty. You said you're on there every Monday and Friday and occasionally right. on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of the Locked on Network, which obviously has his Cowboys show. Marcus also covers the Raiders for USA Today, and sometimes he writes for Pro Football Focus. He is at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I am at Harrison NFL on Twitter, and we really appreciate you guys. We appreciate Bet Online who sponsored this podcast. And uh, we will talk to you guys uh, probably Monday night, I'm guessing, probably do a power ranking short and some other stuff. Talk to you later. Take care, everybody.